Welcome to Hope Talks, Stories of Transformation. Hope Talks is a project of David's United Church of Christ in Canal Winchester, Ohio, and dedicated to providing stories with different perspectives of hope. Hi, everybody. It's Patty Houston Holm again. My guest today is Anne Darling Seifert. She's a reporter of news, weather, and traffic for iHeartRadio and does communications for the Bloom Township Trustees in Northwest Fairfield County, Ohio. She also is a mother and grandmother living in a small rural area. Sadly, she also now holds the title of COVID widow. The main focus of today's rather difficult interview is just that. Through the words of Anne, we're going to see a snapshot of a coronavirus victim not listed in the July 2021 data of more than 600,000 COVID-19 deaths in the United States. Family members like Anne are victims of the pandemic. Thanks so much, Anne, for agreeing to share today. Well, thank you. I, it's not really a pleasure, but if what I say can help add some insight to people's perceptions or misperceptions of COVID, um, I'm, I'm happy to do that. So, Anne, thank you. I, I knew your husband, David Seifert, before he died. Uh, I think it was the week before Christmas last year. I knew him as a friend, a guitar player, an engineer, and a fiscal officer for the township that I personally live in. So as his wife, how would you describe Dave? I would describe him, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Dave was all of those things. Um, Dave had compassion, Dave had love, Dave had hope and Dave had faith. He was a very accomplished classical guitarist, yet he had stage fright. And so he didn't play in public very often, but uh, for many, many years, I got to be serenaded by a wonderful classical guitarist. We were together almost 36 years. Uh, we were married, um, 30, almost 33 years. And unfortunately, despite all the safety precautions that Dave took, Dave had to help somebody in need and it was an urgent situation. There was no time for anybody to grab a mask. And unfortunately, Dave caught COVID by helping somebody else. So Dave was in a hospital in Lancaster, Ohio, I think. Uh, how long was he in the hospital, Ann? He was um, at Fairfield Medical Center. He had been diagnosed the week before Thanksgiving, but on Thanksgiving morning, I had a camera kept in the room where he was, we called it his hibernation room. And on Thanksgiving morning, I noticed he was really struggling to breathe. And with his permission, even without it, I still would have done it, but we called, I called 911. And they took him to Fairfield Medical Center where they did everything they could possibly do. Uh, they initially said he'd be in there about four days. Four days later, he was progressively getting worse. On December 8th, I got the dreaded news that he was going to be placed on the ventilator and for me to get there as quickly as possible. I FaceTimed him with him lying in his hospital bed and 
He's the one that told me, doctor's going to call you. I need a vent. And I said, Dave, how do you feel about that? He said, I need it to get better and I need it to live. And um, a few days later, oh, about a week later, he ended up, his COVID pneumonia got the best of his lungs. And that's when we had to make the hardest decision of our lives to let Dave go be with God. And I know that was hard to, to share that. And I really appreciate it. Um, Dave was so many things to so many people. I was thinking what you said about him playing music and my husband actually is a musician and feels he's not good enough. So sometimes I wonder if I'm the only one who hears how really good he is. So, so I get that part of you. And I know Dave's legacy certainly lives on. Uh, it's more than just one month that he was on a respirator and before he took his final breath. But I wanna know, how are you coping with all of this today? Um, it's difficult, but the day before we decided to disconnect life support, I was alone with him, even though he was unconscious. And I said, Dave, if you got any fight left in you, you got to fight because they tell me there's no hope. But if you hear the voice of God calling you, listen to God and I'll meet you on the other side someday. I promised him I would be strong. Um, last week, I signed his 13th and final international patent as he was a very accomplished engineer. And um, that was quite an honor, but yet Dave was so excited when he heard the US and international patent markets were, were allowing the patent to proceed. He was so excited. And um, I ended up as the executor of his estate signing it for him. Yeah, that's just one of many accomplishments I know. So, you know, Anne, um, if you're comfortable, and only if you're comfortable, uh, I think it would be helpful for people to know uh, what not to say. Uh, what are some of the worst things that people have said to you uh, since Dave's passing on December 17th, I think it was, 2020? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, maybe also what's the worst part of every 24 hours now? Well, Interesting, you have to ask that question, but it's necessary question to ask. You know, unfortunately we lose people to cancer and we lose people to heart disease. I lost my husband to COVID. And five years prior, he had had a heart attack and he totally changed his life then. He became a runner. He ran three miles every day, including when he had COVID. Just a few weeks before he had COVID, he had his cardiology workup and his cardiologist sent uh, a little joke email, you're my poster child for good cardiac health. So that brings me to answer your question. The worst thing that people say to me is, well, you know, COVID, didn't take Dave. He had a heart problem and nothing could be farther from the truth. 
the pulmonologists were so good to me at the hospital. And I had to ask the question, <clears throat> how much of a role does his heart play? And they said, not at all. It's COVID pneumonia. And so I hope that answers your question. But the hardest thing is that people, it, it, it's like a stigma attached to if you die from COVID. And people have made what they may think are meaningful, but they make political, the very erroneous political statements about COVID. And that has done nothing but add to my grief. I, and I actually see some of those comments on Facebook too, not just on your Facebook, but others. And, and I'm wondering, um, you know, what's the best thing that people can do for you and other family members that are left behind by the pandemic? Well, you know, Patty, including you, I've had a lot of support from friends. Dave and I had a lot of friends and that was one of the last things Dave said to me before he went on a ventilator. Um, someone had suggested moving him to a Columbus hospital. I really did not want to do that, but I wanted that decision to be left up to Dave. And we FaceTimed and he adamantly shook his head. No, this is where I belong. They're giving me good treatment. And this is where our friends are. And friends have gotten me through this. But what do I wish that would be more helpful? Is if people took the politics out of COVID and really paid attention to the truth and the scientific evidence and dropped the ignorant statements about COVID when they probably haven't even had a biology course in their life. So Anne, you're about uh, 10 or 11 years younger than Dave. Um, what is it like for you now? What's a 24 hour day like for you? Can you share some of that? Well, it's always different. Um, I promised Dave I'd stay strong, keep the house. We've, we've got a large property and a lot to do. Um, so there's a lot of maintenance in the house that Dave always did that I do. Um, it's always something that's breaking. Um, but I have delved into both my broadcasting career and my government career a lot more. Um, to try to distract me, but at nighttime when the sun goes down, I'm doing better than I used to do. I used to hyperventilate and have total panic attacks. Now I just cry every night. So nighttime is the worst. Uh, during the daytime, you're working how many different jobs now? <laughs> well, funny you should mention that. Well, I'm, I'm working with two different governments right now on zoning. I write a newspaper column in the Lancaster Eagle Gazette. I work for iHeartRadio and my main market now is Chicago, Detroit, and Cleveland. Um, so I've been kept very busy with that work. Um, sometimes I have to have a little chat with myself about balance. 
because there have been times that I've taken on more than what I should have. And so I guess I'm struggling to find balance, yet allow myself to grieve properly, whatever that is. So I would guess for you as a journalist, um, the people who hear your reports, they have no idea that you have this title you didn't want, uh, the title of COVID widow. Uh, is that true or do some of the people that you connect to, uh, do they know that the voice behind, uh, that they hear behind the radio uh, is, is something deeper? Well, people that know me and knew Dave that hear me on the radio when I'm doing the Columbus market, they obviously know. But um, no, I just have to fake it till I make it. <laughs> But I, I, it is a labor of love. I've always enjoyed broadcasting and it is helpful. But yes, there are many times when I think I will hear Dave in the evening say, you sounded good today. Well, you sound good and pretty strong right now. Uh, I, I understand you have a dog in the house named, is it Lila or Layla? Layla. Layla was Dave's, she was supposed to be my little beast. She's a miniature labradoodle. But uh, Dave had animal allergies. And so when we heard about these miniature labradoodles seven years ago that are hypoallergenic, oh, Dave just loved her and she loved Dave. And um, it's been quite an adjustment for her as well. I remember you both... Uh as a couple being just highly social and having that ability to help everybody feel comfortable uh, in all sorts of, of situations. And your friends are all different kinds of friends, which I love. Um, I have a very eclectic group of friends, that's for sure. That is absolutely a good way to describe. So to help you feel comfortable now, um, do you have any examples of what a couple friends have done for you uh, that have helped you feel comfortable? They've been there for me. Um, I'm on Cameo League, which is a um, fundraising arm for the Lancaster Festival. And that was always a passion of mine and Dave's. And um, Dave and I uh, spent a lot of time doing that. And as a result, the festival people, and especially from my cameo league, spend time with me. They let me cry. They don't tell me how to grieve. They just let me know they're there for me in this grief. Are you involved in any kind of um, COVID survivor support groups? Yes. You know, at the beginning of this program, I mentioned about Dave um, dying of COVID and how it's different than if he would have died of cancer or heart disease, not that it would have made his death any easier, but the stigma attached to COVID. So after he died, I reached out to Fairhope Hospice. And even though Dave wasn't a patient there, um, they serve the whole community. And I don't think a lot of people know that they do serve all families, even if the pa their loved one wasn't a patient at Fairhope. Um, I reached out to 
my friends at Fairhope and said, we need a grief support group just for COVID family members uh, that are survivors because of the stigma and a lot of dealing with this grief on top of just normal grieving has to do with the social stigma attached to COVID and the political circus atmosphere it has taken on. So we began that group in March and um, there are several ladies right here from Fairfield County. And then there was a lady in uh, San Francisco and she was looking for the same type of thing in San Francisco. And she ended up Googling it and found Fairhope Hospice. So she's been joining us by Zoom as well. So just for clarification, Ann, I think you did not have COVID yourself, correct? No, I did. Um, I had tested negative. And then remember Dave had had COVID like uh, a, almost a week before he went into the hospital. And he entered the hospital Thanksgiving day. On that Saturday, I was running a low grade fever. Um, I had sniffles, but I just chalked it up to allergies. And then early January, I went to donate blood and they did the antibody testing and it was positive. And I've had other antibody testing and it's always been positive. So I was asymptomatic, just like many others that continue to pass COVID on, not knowing they're a carrier. How do you feel about vaccination? I wish it was mandated, but I understand this is the United States of America. People have choices. I chose the vaccine. You have to remember the day of my husband's funeral, my kids and I couldn't even sit together because I have a son with brain cancer. My other son's wife is stage three breast cancer. And my daughter is expecting, was expecting at that time. And so I had to go to the funeral by myself and come home. The church had sent over so much food and it was only me and I was all alone. So I really hope people understand this COVID is real. Um, there's somebody that I know personally that was one of the uh, so-called <laughs> concerned people when Dave passed. And she was one of the ones that told me COVID's a hoax and for goodness sake, don't get vaccinated. She's on a respirator in the hospital right now because she did eventually contract COVID mm -hmm. and it's not looking good. Well, so, very, very sorry to hear country, that. You know, it's a free country, but at the same time, if people choose not to get vaccinated after really studying the scientific evidence. I question whether or not they studied from a credible source or from a right-winged organization. Yeah, really, really sorry to hear that. And, and I know as we're talking today, it's been, I think, seven months since Dave left us. And by the time- seven, seven months this week, yeah. 
Yeah, and this is July of 2021. Um, so where do you find hope? Is it too soon to ask you that question? No, because I do have hope. Our daughter was pregnant with her first grandbaby. It was supposed to be a big secret. She didn't want anyone to know. But when Dave was in the hospital, she sent him <clears throat> ultrasound pictures. And it was obviously Lauren was going to give birth to a, uh, a baby boy. But she told Dave on FaceTime, now don't tell anyone, Daddy, this is a secret. And her real fear was me telling people. Not necessarily, not necessarily her father. Truth be told, I kept the secret. And when I talked to every nurse in the hospital who was so kind, they all knew it. David shown them the uh, pictures that were texted to him of the ultrasound. He was very excited, but here's where my hope is. I now have my third grandchild that unfortunately Dave never got to meet. He's our first grandson. And my daughter and son-in-law changed his middle name after Dave. His name is Tyler David. And I have hope in my family. We're a very close family. We've been through so much together. Um, it's not been easy, but we're always a family of faith. And that's what's carrying us through. And your story is so amazing. And this podcast uh, actually is listened to in about 10 different countries around the world. Uh, so I think it gives uh, a wonderful, although it had to be difficult for you to, to articulate perspective of what is left behind after COVID uh, takes, takes people hostage. Yes. So any final thoughts for us today? Well, just circling back to us talking about Dave's life, um, there is a quote from Winston Churchill that I plan to read at Dave's Celebration of Life, which is coming up in a few weeks. And it describes Dave perfectly. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And that's David Lee Seifert, my hero, my friend. Amen to that. And it's been my pleasure to know you as a fellow journalist, a neighbor, and certainly a friend. I appreciate you sharing some of your story that I certainly wish you never had to tell. Yes, thank you. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share it. So I'm Patty Houston Holm. My conversation today has been with Ann Darling Seifert in the Midwestern state of Ohio within the United States. If you have a comment about this podcast or an idea for a future podcast on a story of transformation or hope, send us an email at hopetalks at davidsucc.net. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to this segment of Hope Talks. I hope you join us again. And please encourage others to listen and check out other David's United Church of Christ programs at davidsucc.net. It is our hope that your day is filled with hope. Hope.